0: Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. And now here's your host, Eric Danner. Welcome
1: to the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner joining. It's been a pretty, pretty busy couple weeks since I started. Really hit the ground running. I don't think I've had much sleep since I started. No,
2: I mean, nothing <laughs> like throwing you right into the fire. And Kendra, you, you did a great job last week. At the basketball preview days uh, presented by Hercules Tires, You had an opportunity to interview all twenty-six men's and women's basketball coaches, and I think he came up with the number forty-six players as well.
1: Yes, I think it. I think it was forty-six. 20, 26 and forty-six. So afterwards, a little celebration throwing all the <laughs> notes. <laughs> but it was really great. I mean, all the coaches were wonderful to speak with, and the players were excellent. Getting to know them a little bit more um, because. The season's going to be coming up so why not why not meet them week week two
2: <laughs> and this week we're going to see a, a, some exhibition games starting up uh, November 9th I think is is the first day I'll have to look at my actually November yeah November 9th Tuesday November 9th is opening night or opening day of uh, NCAA basketball when the games do count so just around the corner we had our preseason coaches polls media polls uh, and also the preseason awards. In men's basketball, you know, with all the, the new schools in, obviously some some heavy hitters and Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian who went to the NCAA tournament and won a game last year. Uh, Sam Houston's always got a good program as and Lamar as a new coach, Alvin Brooks, who came from Houston. But the number one team, uh, as predicted by the coaches and the media, New Mexico State and Chris Jans. And that's no surprise around here, but – uh, obviously they they have a great team coming back, and they added some great pieces as well
1: and what a difficult season they had last year being that they never really were able to play a home game. I mean not that the season wasn't challenging for every team, but New Mexico had that strict covid protocol where they were living in a hotel, and so for them to just even be back and have a home game with fans is is pretty exciting, so that was. That was one, that was a good conversation. I think they're excited to get back into the Pan Am Center for sure.
2: And the number two team is Grand Canyon. They won the WAC tournament last year. They were the WAC co-champions. Uh, Bryce Drew will now be in his second year. And this is going to be a lot of fun. This league is has so many great coaches, as, as you got to talk to, and so many good players back. Uh, Fardaz Amak was not picked as the preseason player of the year by the coaches, Again, we have a new, some new coaches in the, in the league. But also Darian Trammell is a, is a very good player as well from Seattle University. He picks up the honor. Uh, Fardaz getting the honor by the media. Uh, but uh, you had a chance to talk with Fardaz, the reigning uh, WAC player of the year and the WAC defensive player of the year. And he, he looks like a totally different guy this year than he did last year, going on a new diet and working out uh, a little bit differently.
1: Oh yeah, he said he dropped 25 pounds, he tested the NBA waters in the off-season, got some great feedback, and then decided to come back, which I'm sure excites all the fans as well as the coaches, but he said he cut out meat completely, he's got a whole new diet, I didn't get to ask him, I really wanted to, <laughs> if uh, that diet is... Any other of the players are picking up on that. Well, I wonder if we're going
2: to see the Farda's cookbook. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, a, really. Maybe,
2: maybe an NIL uh, deal that he can uh, come up with there.
1: Right. Maybe he'll, uh, he'll cook for us when we have the, <laughs> the WAC tournament. But I think, you know, overall, all the coaches agreed that adding the four teams, the WAC was already a tough league to begin with. And then you add these four newcomers and it just makes it that much more Challenging to compete and and land yourself in the top half of the standings.
2: In conference play, it'll start that uh, weekend of New Year, so it's going to start a little bit <laughs> earlier than than maybe normal. December thirtieth will be the first conference games, and then January first. So uh, you'll, you'll we'll have to put that on the calendar as well as uh, we'll be in Wack Vegas again. So your first chance to go there at the Orleans Arena, and I think uh, we're, we're close to a deal. I don't think we've officially announced it, but there's going to be ten teams in the WAC tournament this year. Uh, so there will be a Tuesday uh, place where they play and then Wednesday going to the Orleans. So that's going to be a new wrinkle to the tournament as well this year. Last year with COVID, uh, Chicago State opted out. I think we only had five Men's teams playing in the tournament last year, maybe six women's teams. So going up to ten, it's it's going to be definitely a lot more basketball this year.
1: You just released some top secret information. (laughs) (laughs) A whole week in Vegas. It'll be my second time I've ever been to Vegas. First time for obviously a basketball tournament, but I'm very excited. Haven't been to Vegas since a soccer tournament that I played probably before I was in high school, maybe. So, so you
2: did not go on the strip, I would assume. No, <laughs> I,
1: well, <laughs> maybe just to uh, to walk on the sidewalks and see the sights, but no. Yeah, well, <laughs> and,
2: uh, I, I always tell people, they're like, oh, you get to go to Vegas, which is great. But um, working, you know, the broadcasts, we see our hotel room, uh, the business trip. the pathway from the hotel room <laughs> to the arena, and then I see the inside of a, a production truck. Uh, you being the sideline reporter, you could sit in the arena, but... It is uh, four games a day for four days in a row. It's it's gonna it's it's a lot of basketball. A That's, lot of prep
1: work, <laughs> a lot of basketball. No time for fun.
2: No time for fun. <laughs> uh, women's basketball this year, CBU who won the WAC and they're in transition. Uh, this is the fourth year of their transition, so they'll be full fledged Division One members next year. So they are again not eligible for the NCAA tournament this year, but they ran the table in the WAC last year. Could go to the WNIT, since there is not that restriction there. Went to the WNIT last year, won three games in the WNIT, which shows you how good Jared Olson's program is there, and they are picked to win the WAC again this year.
1: And Ane Oleta, who returns, she was kind of deciding, you know, should I come back, should I not? And then she actually made the decision to come back, obviously a big plus for that program, but she's a huge, huge game player for them I think it was funny because when I was looking at researching that team it had said that she was a huge ball hog to begin (laughs) with and and he couldn't get her to pass the ball and she she wasn't much of a shooter at the time and now she led the nation in assists last last season and she's worked a lot on her shooting and has become a a pretty good shot taker And, and
2: coming from Spain uh, Coach Olson also noted that she didn't speak English at all when she arrived in the U.S. And she was uh, in their press conference. And you would never know that uh, four years ago she was not able to speak English because she's uh, very fluent in English now. And also Brittany Thomas coming back for CBU, another player who could have left. Uh, you get the bonus COVID year. So they are both seniors last year, both coming back to to finish up. And that goes to show you the the program there, that they would want to come back kind of put whatever their their job or their career aspirations might be. Actually, both of them might have a shot to play professionally overseas, especially with, with Ane being from Spain, but uh, that they would want to come back and play another year. And in this new whack, where Stephen F. Austin's picked number two, a team that went to the NCAAs last year. And actually, in our next segment, we're going to replay your interviews with uh, the CBU women's program and, and Stephen F. as well.
1: Those are some good segments. You definitely want to listen to those. Those were great conversations. Super excited for basketball. Really enjoyed talking to all those coaches and players again and want to thank them for spending some time with us. It was virtual, so they didn't have to make (laughs) the trip over to Denver and and take the day. But we really did appreciate it. I think it it went well and and it was great to give everyone a preview (laughs) of what's to come.
2: And uh, switching gears now to football, we have... uh, week 9 coming up already in football which is hard to imagine and uh, sam houston continuing their uh, dominant performances they beat jacksonville state 42 to 7 of course people might remember uh, jacksonville state beat this team in florida oh. uh, division 1 team we do
1: not need to bring this <laughs> up <laughs> It is. It was so, Florida so State. Okay, we get it. <laughs> so, so if
2: Sam Houston were to play Florida State, what would the score be then? If, well, if, I, if they beat Jacksonville State forty-two to seven, you know, Florida they, uh,
1: they hadn't really showed up yet, so now it, they're deeper into the season. They're a little bit more in tune with each other. They just, you know, wanted to give Jacksonville State that. that and, win. and
2: Jacksonville State was also ranked uh, number twenty-one in the country, so big win by Sam Houston now they're uh, going to be on the road this week at Tarleton their first ever trip to Stephenville and the Texans are on a two-game win streak they beat Midwestern State Division II team but a very good Division II team 17 to 14 had a big crowd there in Stephenville and I would imagine another big crowd will be there Saturday night six o'clock central on ESPN plus I
1: mean that's a big game and then you talk about our uh, Ticket Smarter Defensive Player of the Week coming out of Tarleton, Devin Hafford. He really brought the intensity to give Tarleton that win this past weekend. And so going against a team that has a 17-game win streak, he's going to need to show up again.
2: He has six interceptions on the year already and, and you know after eight weeks of, of competition and also two other uh, fumble recoveries. So eight takeaways total, uh, the senior. And he was one of the folks we got to meet. Uh, before you were here, but uh, he was at our uh, whack football preview day in, uh, in Houston uh, this past week, or past year, in uh, the Woodlands, Texas, and has turned out to be a very uh, a tremendous player. you got to think he's uh, going to be first-team all-conference. I mean, I, I don't know the inside track there, but right. he's going to be one of those type of guys uh, for Tarleton. Some other big games uh, coming up this week, we have uh, Ebeling Christian, Uh, traveling to Stephen F. Austin. And and the Lumberjacks have not been at home since, I believe it was September 25th. Uh, Keeping in mind when they played the Battle of the Piney Woods, they were technically the home team, but that was at NRG Stadium in Houston. And then they've just been on the road. So playing ACU, this is a very intriguing matchup. Both teams four and three. ACU technically in a tie for first place. In the whack, is their 1-0, and oh, so winning percentage-wise tied with Sam Houston. And Stephen F. at 2-1. and one. So this uh, this game uh, could have big ramifications in the standings uh, towards the end of the year here.
1: And ACU coming off a bye week, and Stephen F. Austin has a little momentum. They beat Dixie State last weekend, 37-20. The Lumberjacks have quite a roster. I know we've talked about Chris Campos, the kicker, on our last podcast he was our ticket smarter special teams player of the week 53 yard field goal he put up 13 points for the lumberjacks and then Xavier Gibson had two touchdowns that were pretty phenomenal one was our whack top play of the week and then another was just a spin off where he ran into the end zone so those two guys are are going to be ones to watch this weekend as this game like you had mentioned determines you know who could be in those those top positions in the whack
2: Xavier was a uh, previous uh, WAC offensive player of the week. He, he's, he's one of those guys, that gets the ball and, and he just he's electrifying to watch. He can take it to the house at any point in time. Yeah, that tip drill <laughs> catch was, was pretty <laughs> tremendous. And so actually the, the other touchdown he had may have been even better uh, with the, the moves he made and, and getting to the end zone there. Chris Campos, that 53-yarder, not only a, a personal uh, high for him, but also a, a stadium record. At Dixie State, uh, kicking that 53-yarder, and he is certainly—he's only a freshman, and he's got a tremendous leg. Like, that 53-yarder didn't just sneak in either; he—he he boomed that thing through. <laughs>
1: we got a lot of young talent in the whack, which is super exciting. Dixie State, though, will have their work cut out for them this weekend at Delaware. And that's an 11 a.m. kickoff on Flow Football. The
2: Fightin' Blue Hens. The
1: Fightin' Blue Hens.
2: (laughs) That's Joe Flacco's alma mater. And, of course, he was coached by Casey Keeler, now the head coach at Sam Houston, who won a national championship at Delaware. So, they, going into the season, I know we're one of the uh, top-ranked teams in the country. Not currently in that uh, top 25, but Dixie State just has that. Unbelievable uh, tough schedule uh, continuing there as they go to Delaware. Lamar, speaking of tough schedules, they play at Eastern Kentucky, ranked either number 25 or number 19 by the two major FCS polls, Uh, and Lamar will be looking to end a four-game losing skid as well.
1: Lamar's had a tough schedule so far. Last week obviously was a tough one for them. 49-38 loss to Central Arkansas. They were able to put some points up on the board, which was good to see. But that will certainly be a tough matchup. Let's transition over to men's soccer. We got the championship coming up. Season's winding down. I'm just super excited because that's going to be the first opportunity that I have to travel with the WAC and actually go to a championship. And then I'll be able to do some color for the semifinal games, which is Another exciting thing to be able to finally watch these teams in person play. I've watched a lot on ESPN Plus, where you can, of course, watch all the men's soccer games. But Well, not all of them. But most. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, since we have a lot of teams that are affiliates in the league, uh, UNLV were able to get their games on there. But Air Force, San Jose State, we weren't. But uh, sorry to pop your uh, balloon there, yeah. with that. but uh, uh, Grand Canyon uh, continues to be ranked. They're number 25 in the country. They are now seven and one. So they, they play California Baptist on Thursday. That should be a pretty good matchup. That's at CBU. Uh, the, the Lancers are five, one, and two. Again, with the transition, they're not able to go to the WAC tournament. Uh, so getting some of these victories are, are kind of, they. I would assume they're approaching them like a uh, playoff game for them.
1: Air Force will also be at CBU. That'll be another w- tough one. Six teams will, will go to the tournament, first and second place teams will get that buy into the semifinals. So every game, every match matters as we near the end of the season.
2: It does. It does. And our WAC uh, Ticket Smarter Players of the Week, Tristan Traeger from Air Force. He had uh, a couple of goals uh, th- this past week uh, against Dixie State. He had uh, an assist and he was involved in all three goals against UNLV and Air Force I I know you you mentioned you get to watch them they've been on our our WAC digital channel uh, a a few times as well and they are uh, they are a fun team to watch as they are every year but this year in particular uh, they had a lot of graduation uh, the past few years and it it seems like uh, coach Doug Hill has his team reloaded and they'll be a team to watch in that WAC tournament.
1: Well, can we talk about Thad Doings gymnastics after <laughs> his goal? That was one of our whack top play nominees for for the week, and that was, you know, the goal was pretty incredible. The way he was just able to cut inside, and he had a, just a small window to take that shot, and of course he drills it to the to the lower corner past the goalkeeper's hand. But then afterwards, he goes and he does this round-off back tuck to celebrate. (laughs) And so I just like seeing the celebrations. We definitely had to show that in slow-mo, too. So check out our whack-top play.
2: Well, and Thad doing, he had an older brother, Austin doing, also played for Air Force. I I did a uh, learn, compete, inspire story on his older brother and his uh, two cousins. So there was three cousins, all starters on the Air Force men's soccer team all had different last names shared a grandfather so it was their their moms were sisters
1: oh okay so kind
2: of a different and and they grew up together like they were in the same house at at certain points so thad continuing that tradition of uh this great family and what they've done with soccer at the air force academy
1: absolutely and women's soccer has just as much hype that that season also winding down you're headed to those championships so that should be a very fun weekend i know next week
2: and and we have a lot, uh, a lot of big games or big matches happening this weekend that will determine the final few spots. Actually, we have basically a de facto, potentially de facto uh, West Division championship match as Utah Valley plays Grand Canyon on Saturday. That'll be at 7 p.m., but Grand Canyon does play Dixie State, so the Trailblazers could uh, play a spoiler in that matchup there as Utah Valley also travels to New Mexico State. Now, the Aggies are clinched a spot in the tournament, and I believe they can't be in the top two from the – so I think their spot is set is what I'm trying to say there. Uh, So New Mexico State, it'll be interesting to see what their strategy might be, kind of really not having the uh, position to play for uh, heading into the tournament. But at the same time, you don't want to be rusty – uh, heading into the tournament as well, Stephen F. Austin. Congratulations to the Lumberjacks on winning the Southwest Division. They're eight and one, and they uh, they did the uh, they the clinching match over at uh, Chicago State, and then did drop their first match of the uh, WAC season uh, on Sunday against Stephen F. Austin or against uh, Abilene Christian, three to one.
1: Stephen F. Austin is going to be a team to watch in the tournament, and that's one of the things also to keep an eye on is just as we move closer to that tournament. Teams are playing a lot of big games, but they've got to save themselves also for this tournament. But if you don't get into you know, if you don't <laughs> put it all out there for the game, you're not going to make it a spot in the tournament. And so that's where depth and, and really paying attention to minutes on the field will will play a big role in determining, you know, how, how these teams will go about playing so, the rest of the season.
2: So only three teams in each division make it to the tournament. So Stephen F obviously has, has clinched the division title. The other three teams below them have not clinched, so it's Sam Houston, Lamar, Abilene Christian. So 15 points, 14 points, 13 points. If Stephen F. were to beat Sam Houston, they could potentially knock the Bearcats out of the tournament, because if they if they get zero points, and you have Lamar playing uh, Abilene, uh, the final game for you know essentially a, a spot in the tournament. Uh, that'll be at 1 o'clock on Saturday. You get three points. Or if they tie, let's, you know, there's all kinds of things that could happen. So I guess if they tie, that would put Sam Houston in because you get one point for the tie. Uh, Lamar, uh, so if Abilene wins, that would be 16. That would put them in if Lamar wins. They, so anyway, a lot to figure out. <laughs> you want to win this week if you're Sam Houston, Lamar, or Abilene uh, to make sure you get a spot in the WAC tournament.
1: Certainly tight standings. You don't want to be that team that doesn't get it. But we had some awesome plays from soccer this past weekend. Abilene Christian, the overtime goal, that was actually our whack top play. That was just a spectacular direct free kick that just curved just right into the upper 90, a phenomenal goal, certainly a way to make a statement.
2: And for Abilene to now be in position to potentially make the tournament because now they've won two in a row. And they beat Stephen F. Austin and Sam Houston, obviously, to the, the team that won the division and the team they're competing with for that final spot. Also, Abilene Christian will be at UTRGV on Thursday. So that could also be a big factor as Chicago State visits Lamar on Thursday. So there's two matches there that both Abilene and Lamar will need to win or will want to win to try to get in that tournament.
1: A lot of great matches coming up. And volleyball, another sport that's – Heating up we have Chicago State who has just been so impressive this season. They have come away with huge wins, and it's a team that's really been underrated for probably the past ten years. Well, I mean, they
2: may not just underrated. I mean they they just haven't had any success right you know, very little success in terms of wins and losses and now uh kind of taking everybody by storm. They're thirteen and seven most wins in their Division one era. They've won three matches in a row this past week. We had the pods. Uh, at GCU, at Abilene Christian, and at Lamar. So this was the first time to see some crossover play uh, between our volleyball schools. And it's... uh I don't think we really established a whole lot there. Now the the standings <laughs> are even more muddled as you as you look at them at the Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, California Baptist, all six and three against CBU, not able to make the tournament. Chicago State now five and three, so they're right there as well. Utah Valley, defending uh, WAC tournament champions, they're five and four, so it, it, it's so close between. The first place team and the fifth place team, particularly in the West Division, Sam Houston, now six and two in the Southwest UTRGV. They've come back to life. They are now five and two in the Southwest Division with Stephen F. Austin at five and three. So uh, a lot of volleyball left to be played. That will be Las Cruces, New Mexico, the, the week before Thanksgiving.
1: Do you have a certain matchup that excites you the most for this upcoming weekend?
2: You know, um I would have to take a deeper dive into that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know the standings, I mean they're they're so close. And we, we talked about Chicago State. They are currently sitting fourth in the West Division, but won three won the last three. Um and well third actually technically because CBU can't make that tournament. So. Yeah, and Chicago
2: State visiting Utah Valley on Saturday, that that could be a very interesting matchup Chicago State did make the WAC tournament in the spring and they did win a match in uh, in the first round which I I believe was the first time they had won a volleyball match in the WAC tournament and then they played Utah Valley in the semifinals in a very competitive match and the way the Cougars are playing now yeah that could be very interesting and I mean uh, who who knows Could could have implications on who who goes to the WAC tournament and who doesn't
1: Well, it's an exciting time as it's championship season. The best part about what we do is go into these championships and all the stories and all the, all the teams and everything leading up to it is, is the most exciting part, most fun part. So we're looking forward to that. We got a busy month ahead of us before Thanksgiving and Christmas. So (laughs) looking forward to all of that.
2: Well, coming up next, we're going to have your interviews with uh, CBU Women's Basketball and Stephen F. Austin Women's Basketball. You're listening to the WAC Podcast.
0: Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com.
2: Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Eric Daner and Kendra Sheehan. And Kendra, you had a chance to talk to, as we mentioned in the last segment, all 26 head coaches and 46 players uh, during our WAC basketball preview last week. But uh, CBU, their women's program, once again picked to win the WAC this year.
1: They've got a tough team to beat coming back. WAC player of the year last year, Ani Oleta, is coming back. Overall, they were regular season and tournament champions last year. Near perfect record, essentially. And they're bringing a lot of those players back. Here's Jared Olsen in his 10th season as head coach and Anioleta with the WAC Basketball Preview. Welcome to WAC Basketball Preview Days, presented by Hercules Tires. I'm Kendra Sheehan. California Baptist women's basketball program joins us. Head coach Jared Olson is 10th season with the Lancers and Ana joins us as well. Coach, I'll start with you defending WAC champions. How much pressure is there for this team to come out and continue to dominate in such a tough league, made even tougher with four new teams?
3: Well, I think I mean pressure is a privilege. I think Billie Jean King said that. And so <laughs> we will embrace that mantra, that quote, um, you know, we're just happy. We have a really good team coming back and, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit tougher this go around. The league is a lot, a lot more challenging. You know, we've added some great teams. I mean, everybody knows that Stephen F. Austin is a great team and, and the other three Texas schools coming in are also really good. Abilene, Lamar, San Houston, and that combines with the, the great teams we had in the WAC anyway. Um, so I think it's going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for us this year and we're ready to embrace the challenge.
1: You mentioned you got some great players coming back. One of those preseason player of the year sitting right next to you. How much has Ane done for this program and impacted this roster?
3: I mean, Ane is pretty amazing woman. Um, I I mean, it's a real privilege of mine to be able to coach her every day. Uh, I was super excited when she came back just to have an opportunity to coach someone like that for a fifth year. Um, it, it just makes my job so much easier. Um, she's, I mean, I've been doing this 10 years at CBU over 20 in general, and I don't think I've ever had a player that had the, the determination, um, and just the, the drive to be successful that she has. Uh, and that's not to take away from anything that you know, any the other great players have had, but it's just something special with her. Um, and, and she's really, really turned herself into a great player. And it, it's just been pretty awesome to see that growth over time. And I couldn't be more proud of her as a player and a person. And I'm just really lucky to be able to coach her every single day, at least for one more year. <laughs> Must be redshirt you Thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, I know. laughs> Anae, where does that drive and determination to be the best basketball player that you can be stem from? Um, I
4: think... Um, my parents and my brother, they've always taught me, like, if you want something, you have to work at it. Um, and I think one of the things that, um, it took me to where I'm at right now, it's just my work ethic.
1: Led the nation in assists last season. How have you evolved your court vision to be able to distribute the ball so effectively?
4: Um, I think since I've been at CBU, I've grown as a player, um, Coach told me that basketball is not just like putting the ball in the hoop. Um, You can impact the game in like multiple ways, uh, just like moving the ball. And then another big thing is like my teammates. Um, I just trust them to make that shot and I just don't hesitate to pass the ball.
1: What did coach have to say to you to get you to come back for another season? (laughs) Um, It was a tough
4: decision. Um, I was telling him the whole year I wasn't coming back. I just, I thought I was ready for a change. Um, but at the end of the year, I didn't know what to do. And I went up to him and he was like, uh, we'll take your time. Um, I'm going to be really happy if you come back, um, but I'm going to plan. Uh, I'm going to be planning on the team, just like thinking that I was not coming back. But just, um he just didn't pressure me at all. So that was good. <laughs>
1: But now that you're back, I'm sure he's obviously ecstatic. Um, How much has your shooting improved since your freshman year?
4: Um, A lot. (laughs) Um, When I came, I thought I was a good shooter, but. Hmm.
3: What what has improved most, your shooting or your English?
4: Because you couldn't do
3: either one when you got here as a freshman.
4: (laughs) Um, I think both. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I think here at CBU, we work a lot on our threes. That's our game. And I think it's just improved a lot on that.
1: Coach, I read an article where you talked about Ana being a little bit of a ball hog when she first came and now she's (laughs) leading the nation in assists. How much has she developed as a player? How much has that helped your entire roster?
3: I mean, I think she definitely has evolved from someone that saw the game just from her own perspective into somebody that can like impact the game for others. Um, And I think she's also kind of like, Learn that as a human being as well. I mean, I think that's something we're all kind of striving for, you know, once we kind of get our own stuff under control, you know, it's our, it's our responsibility to try to impact other people, um, in the same way. And I think she does that both on and off the court right now. And it just really shows how mature she's grown mature. She's become and how much she's grown as a person and a player. And I mean, like I said before, I'm just really proud of her, um, because, she is someone that other people look to now, you know, as a role model. Um, and I couldn't ask for a better one for my daughter to look look <laughs> up to. And, yeah, I'm really proud of her.
1: Coach, what is this program's culture like that you've established that keeps nearly an entire roster from the previous year?
3: I think – I mean, Ani could probably answer that better than me, but I just think people just enjoy each other and enjoy the game. I mean, we mm-hmm. have – you know, a set of values that we we definitely like. You know, really strive for. Um, it's commitment, humility, resiliency, integrity, selflessness, and trust. And I mean, we fail at those from time to time, but that's kind of like our center that we try to come back to. Uh, and I think that that has really kind of made it more than just a basketball team. You know, it seems a little bit bigger than that at times. Um, and I, but at the same time, I would say we do a pretty good job of of balancing that because. I mean, it is a basketball team, you know, and we're there for a common goal, you know, and, and that's to really work, you know, and make ourselves better. Um, and I think that, I think a lot of the culture is just who's who's making it up. And we have a lot of great, I think you have a lot of great teammates, you would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when you asked her earlier about like why she came back, I think that was a large part of it. I mean, she's got great friends on the team, you know, and I think she wanted to spend more time with them. And I I think that's pretty awesome. It's, I, I'm really thankful that I have an opportunity to coach that group.
1: Ana, how much is that a testament to not just you being your fifth season with this team, but the rest of the players that are also on this roster and creating that culture that keeps players wanting to come back year after year?
4: Um, I think last year's group was special. Um, And then everybody just coming back. It was just a plus to like just come back. Um, I think um, we care a lot about each other just on and off the court, um, which makes it very special.
1: Undefeated in a whack WAC play last year. Ane, how much pressure is there to come in in this new league and, and get some more wins and continue that streak? Have you seen the team improve this year from where you were at the start of last year? Uh, well, the pressure is there,
4: obviously, but um, our goal is not to go undefeated this year. Um, it wasn't a goal last year either. It just kind of happened. Um, but I think our team is going to be good this year with the new people that we added um they're going to bring a lot of talent so I'm just really excited to get out there and like just be the best team we can be
1: coach where is the biggest area that this team has made improvements from last year where you think they can be even more dynamic on the floor
3: Um, I think just in general I think we just have some room to grow um just like we all do all the time so I mean I think that we're trying to be maybe a little bit more solid defensively. Um, maybe we'll just be a little bit sharper on offense. I mean, we won you know, every game, but one last year. So there's, you know, there's obviously there's going to be, it's going to be tough to to be better than that. But I think one of the things we need to improve on is just like our mindset of not getting too high and too low, and just being a little bit more steady. Um, and hopefully that'll kind of like make up some small ground, you know, because the margins are pretty slim. You know, with when, when you're trying to win the whole thing, you know, like I think your margins are pretty slim. Um, and hopefully, we can make up for those small little things and, and the details as we're working towards things.
1: What's been the energy like in practice? How eager are these women to get back on the floor and get into gameplay again?
3: I think we're ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> we could have probably used a game about a month ago, which would have been helpful. I, I think that's been what I, that's probably the biggest challenge for us is just that we have a lot of people returning. I mean, Ane in particular, I mean, I've coached her for five years. You know, and I think there's times where she's probably heard the same thing too many times. And (laughs) I think that there's a lot of people on the team that are probably like that, you know, and I've probably seen the same. I've seen Ana make the same mistake too many times, right? And so I think a lot of it is just kind of working through some of that stuff and not overreacting. Um, And then just being appreciative of when those games are happening, you know, And, and we have a scrimmage this Saturday. We're all pretty excited, you know, and we know that We're not perfect. We have a lot of work to do, but it's just going to be nice to kind of like get out there and get into kind of the swing of things and get a good evaluation as to like how much more work we have to go before the first game happens.
2: So CBU once again, picked to win the WAC and they open the season Tuesday, November 9th uh, at their arch rival UC Riverside. So they'll be right there in Riverside, California. And then the next game after that will be in Corvallis, Oregon, playing Oregon State of the Pac-12, so they get some some pretty good tests early on.
1: And looking to challenge CBU is newcomer to the WAC, Stephen F. Austin. They went 14-0 in the Southland last year, 24-3 and overall. They're returning some key players, and we spoke with head coach Mark Kellogg, Zaya Nugent, and Ayanna Johnson for our WAC Basketball Preview. Welcome to WAC Basketball Preview Days, presented by Hercules Tires. I'm Kendra Sheehan. Stephen F. Austin's women's basketball program joins us now, head coach Mark Kellogg in his seventh season, and Zaya Nugent, junior guard, and Ayanna Johnson, senior forward, join us. Thank you all for being here. First, coach, I want to start with you. You were undefeated in the Southland, forced overtime in the NCAA tournament. What expectation is it coming into this season joining this new conference?
5: Well, obviously, uh, we would like to do that again. That was a pretty fun experience and maybe even a little bit more, I think, is the challenge now for this group. Um, there'll be some uh, new expectations, new, new travel um, going into the WAC that we're not sure what that looks like yet, um, but that's okay. I think that's welcomed by us. We've been in the Southland now for a while with, uh, you know, I, I guess a similar routine year to year. Um, so I know there's some excitement going into this new league, but I think as far as expectations, those don't really change um, from year to year for us.
1: Zaya, do you feel any pressure coming off of what you were able to do last season coming into this new conference that you have a target on your back from other teams looking at how successful you were last year?
6: Um, pressure? No, I don't think so. I think, um, you know, we had a target on our back in, in the Southland, so I'm sure we'll have it in a whack. But I think if we just, you know, keep doing what we're doing, I think we'll be fine.
1: Staying with you, the offense showed they can put up numbers last season. Where do you see this year's offense expanding on what you were able to do last year?
6: Um, I think we'll be even better. Um, We got talent and I mean, we just got to play.
1: Ayana, you have tremendous court vision. What has been your biggest strength that you feel that your game has? Um,
7: I would probably say the trust that my teammates and I have with each other and our ability to work together on the court. I mean, the only reason I have court vision is, you know, because they execute. So I'm just benefiting off of their hard work and um, our chemistry together.
1: Coach, last year, your team led in multiple categories, scoring defense, steals, turnovers forced. How much do you emphasize the importance of staying disciplined?
5: Yeah, well, I think on both ends. I mean, we want to, you know, we want strength in numbers, so to speak, as well. So we want balance and depth within our program. Uh, We haven't really wanted to just be an offensive team or just be a defensive team. Uh, A lot of teams have an identity on one end of the floor or the other, and we wanted to be able to to be great on both ends. And I thought last year we put that together. Um, And some of the statistics, yes, would show that from the turnovers forced, uh, scoring defense, but I think you could flip around and You know, we were top five in the country and field goal percentage and points scored and those types of things. So I I think to be elite, I think you want to be able to play multiple ways. You need to win high scoring games. You may need to grind out a game. And and these kids bought into that philosophy. And and for the most part, we're able to do that. Whichever style of play we ended up playing against or whatever that game presented, uh, we were able to take advantage.
1: Well, you were certainly winning games by quite a large margin last season. What type of an explosive, fast-paced offense can we expect in your first year in the WAC?
5: Well, I think it would be more of the same as as they alluded to. We feel like we have talent. We have returners. We have people that have been players that have been in this system. We have a great culture environment. It's a player-led locker room. So we have a lot of those things in place, and that typically carries over to the court, and there's trust with each other. Um, Yes, the way we play should allow us to score some points. If we can turn people over, you know, we can let that lead to some offense. Um, But, yeah, it just all came together a year ago. And so I I think that opened our kids' eyes to what this can look like. Um, I think we have a versatile group again. I think we can score it again in multiple ways. We can score in the paint. We can score from the perimeter um, at the mid-range as well. Um, And I don't think we have to turn people over to score points either. So I just think it's a well-balanced group. I, I hope it looks a little bit like what it did um, a year ago, um, and it may not. And but we're going to go in with that expectation for sure.
1: Zaya, Coach had mentioned that it's a player-led locker room. How have you watched this team evolve since your time here into the culture that you guys have this year?
6: Um, I would say, I mean, just coming in as a freshman, it, it has always been like that. Um, we're very close. Uh, these are like my sisters and. Honestly, that's, that's as good as it's going to get.
1: As an upperclassman now, do you feel like your role has expanded and you've taken more of that leadership role on?
6: Yes. Um, I mean, being only junior, um, and then next year I'll probably be the only senior. So I think, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to lead in some, some type of way.
1: Obviously, joining a, a new conference presents its own challenges. But what excites you most about taking on this new challenge, this new league?
6: Um, I would just say competition. Like, I mean, I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm very competitive. So uh, we don't know what the other teams look like. So I think not knowing um, will be the really the challenge. I guess
1: Ayana, three other of your conference rivals i have been added to this league as well. Is there any particular one of those that you specifically have circled on your calendar that you're most excited to go up against again?
7: Um, it doesn't necessarily matter about uh, the name on the jersey. It's just who, who's ever on the court is who I'm competing against. And uh, I have the same mentality coming into every game.
1: What has been your mentality this season and has it changed since you first began with the program?
7: Um, I would say my mentality has changed just with uh, the change in my role in each each season, Um, but I would just say that my goal this year is uh, to glorify God, of course, and just to put my teammates in a position to win uh, every single day.
1: As a senior, how have you developed as a player and as a person through being on this basketball team and being surrounded by the women that you have in the locker room?
7: Um, they definitely humbled me. Uh, they have had me just go through trials and uh, help me prepare for the season. Um, I would also give credit to my coaches and, they, you know, I'm not one to like being called out, but uh, they always do it. It always helps me. <laughs> so um, they, they're always, you know, wanting me to work hard and uh, do better and understand that I, you know, I'm the best at what I do. And I appreciate that a lot.
1: After what you did last season, do you feel something special, something brewing in this locker room this year as you come into this new league?
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, that was simply just, you know, another layer of the foundation that we have created here at SFA. So um, I'm definitely excited for what we have this season. I know it's just going to build off of what we've already created.
2: The Lady Jacks will open the season on Tuesday, November 9th at UTSA, UT San Antonio. And then they will play their first home game November 12th against the University of Houston in Nacogdoches. So that'll be a big uh, big one to circle on your calendar.
1: Basketball season is right around the corner. It'll be here before we know it.
2: It will be, literally. <laughs> uh, you know what else will be here before you know it is the WAC Cross Country Championships, which will be live on ESPN plus this Saturday, knock on wood, if you're with me, Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time from CBU. And coming up next, we're going to talk to the head cross country coach for the Lancers, Adam Tribble. You're listening to the WAC podcast.
4: We would like to thank our partners, Hercules
1: tires, ticket smarter, and Adidas.
4: Now back to the WAC podcast.
1: Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Kendra Sheehan, Eric Danner, and we have Adam Triple joining us, California Baptist University's men's and women's cross-country coach, and the big championship meet is this weekend. Coach, The coach's poll came out and CBU picked to win both men's and women's titles. What would that mean to repeat? That's what you did last year.
0: Oh, I mean, obviously, we just We want to do the best that we can. Obviously, the WAC is continued to just get better and better each and every year. And I think especially with these new teams that have joined us, uh, this should be by far the the highest level of competition in our now fourth year in the WAC.
2: Coach, as far as hosting goes this year, uh, it's going to be at uh, the UC Riverside complex, which I I know is not too far from CBU, but. What, how has that changed your your coaching this year? Obviously, when you're when you're on the road, all you have to worry about is your team and and getting ready to run. But when you're hosting, maybe a few other duties kind of fall into your lap. For sure,
0: I mean, I think it obviously it means more when it's here. Uh, but I, I have to give huge credit to one of my assistants, Abby Stanley. She has really taken the bull by the horns and done a fantastic job. Before she has done the blunt of the work with this. And so uh, very appreciative for all that she and the administration have done to, uh, to make this happen.
1: And you got to look at the course last, last invitational, the Highlander invitational. What does that mean for the runners to have already had a, a look at the course and understand it better prior to the championship meet?
0: For sure, I think it really does help. I mean, I would say most of the, ironically, most of the WAC has been here at some point or another. It's it's a great course, and UCR does a great job of hosting. And uh, I think the having a more familiar, familiarity, if you will, with the course does does help because it's uh, it's a fast one. So,
2: think, hey, coach, we're very excited. This event is going to be uh, live on ESPN Plus. Knock on wood. Obviously, uh, uh, there's a lot of logistics involved there in CBU. Uh, has been very uh, excited to put this on ESPN plus what is that going to mean uh, for your cross-country program and for cross-country in the WAC this year?
0: Oh, I think it's great I mean I, you know it's sometimes it's very difficult especially for fans and for parents and those close to people to make it you know the WAC is so spread out over the entire country but I think having the opportunity for anybody and everybody just to be able to log on or click on and watch I think that's a that's a huge advancement for the WAG, for our sport, and just for getting it out there. You know, they say if it, if it if it was if it wasn't online, if it didn't happen on TV, it never happened. So I think having the opportunity for people to be able to actually see it and uh, see it in a in a well produced manner is is a great thing.
1: Certainly going to be exciting. You guys have had an impressive season. Men have almost won every single invite. Same with the women at the pre nationals meet. In Tallahassee, that's Florida State's, my alma mater. So I know exactly the course. My sister used to run cross country. So I know the course that you guys ran, but you faced a lot of tough competition. What was that me able to teach both the men's and women's teams prior to this WAC championship?
0: For sure. That's the first time we've been in a meet of that caliber. And I think until you're out there and you have so many good people on the starting line go, you kind of don't know what you're in for. And so that was really... That was going to be, I mean, we've had a long-term process of getting ready, obviously, for next year when we're fully eligible for all postseason stuff. And this was like kind of the final pre-step for that, if you will, of really going out there and seeing the best of the best and uh, getting a a taste for it to be more prepared for the future.
2: Coach, you swept the uh, WAC championships uh, this past spring uh, up in Seattle. Uh, Once again, the coaches predicted to sweep uh this year the men's team in particular as uh, kendra mentioned uh, is very good this year winning four meets already and getting all the 12 possible first place votes who are some uh some runners if people are tuning in to ESPN plus or, or going out to the meet that they should keep an eye out for this saturday
0: well, I mean, I think not only our people. I think there's a there's a handful of very good guys this year that have a legitimate shot at, at winning. Uh, obviously, Utah Valley has Britton Reynolds and Max Mahan. Uh, Lamar has a couple of guys. Eli, I don't exactly know how to say his last name, and <laughs> and Whittler. Um, and then I think we have I think we have four guys that Saeed McCall and Ebo Balabanov, Gadjus Valencius, and Floyd Lapalek. They all have I think all of those guys. Could make a case that they should be somebody to be taken very seriously.
1: The women are in the hunt for their fourth straight WAC title. How have they looked this season? Do you feel like they're running at their fastest pace when it matters most?
0: Well, I mean that's that's always the goal. I mean, obviously, this is this is the most important meet for us, and this is a thing that we have not just from a training standpoint, but also from just a focus and mentality standpoint. The whack is what matters the most to us, and so we obviously want to put our best foot forward now. And especially being at home, it just even more enhances the uh, the great opportunity before
2: us. Coach happened to be out there a few years ago in Kansas City when you did have that perfect score from the women's team, and you've been so dominant. Uh, this is your fourth year; it's it's hard to believe that you're still in the transitionary uh, period. Yes from Division Two to Division One, looking for your fourth WAC championship already. What is it? Is is there a, a fair factor? Is there a, a dominant uh, trait here that the CBU women's cross-country team maybe has over the rest of the league right now?
0: Well, I don't know about all that. I mean, I think the, the WAC is, like I said, it is so much better now than it was four years ago. And so, I mean, Utah Valley, they have a great team this year. I, they've got the best team that I've seen in the four years here. And obviously, Abilene Christian, they have a, very legitimate shot at making nationals this year. Um, And obviously there's more than that, but I think especially those two teams, they've really elevated the level of the WAC. I think that's exciting. And especially as we look forward to next year with Southern Utah joining, I think the cross country status in the WAC is only going to continue to rise as teams just continue to get better and better each year.
1: And we talked about some male runners to look out for. (laughs) Who are some of the female competitors this weekend that viewers tuning in? To keep an eye out for,
0: I think Irene from Adeline Christian is definitely one to keep your, keep an eye on. She's she's had a great season. She got third the other day at Arturo Burrios. I think uh, Utah Valley has a couple of girls. I mean, they have they have a Maddie, a Maggie, a Mazi, <laughs> and then you throw Hannah Branch on top of that, and they have a young a young freshman named Kayla who's also very very good. I mean, they have a they have a lot of girls that um, should be up there. And then obviously, I think we have. A handful of girls that should be up there as well. I mean, obviously, Greta's she's had a very good season. Um, Yaz, Yazna Petrova is coming on very, very well right now. And Anna Matei is obviously she's the reigning WAC champion. And then uh, I think Liza Hazushova should uh, be primed for a great race as well.
2: Well, coach, we're looking forward to it. I know it's supposed to be great weather in california southern california i'm told it never rains so that's, that's a good uh but uh i'm going to be able to make the trip out there can't wait to to be a part of the uh, broadcast and see you guys and and good luck to your teams this week
0: thank you so much thanks for
2: everything all right that is adam tribble the head cross-country coach at california baptist university thanks everybody for watching and listening to the WAC podcast
7: make sure to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube And check out our website at WaxSports.com.